Hello, thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. For network or show information, visit byteradio.me or call 843-808-0777. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone. Thank you for joining us for today's show. My very special guest today is Hollister Rand, and we will be talking about her book, uh, Everything You Wanted to Know About the Afterlife But Were Afraid to Ask. Throughout time, humans have sought to understand the mystery of what exists beyond Earth. In Hollister's book, Everything You Wanted to Know About the Afterlife But Were Afraid to Ask, she um, provides insights and answers into the most common questions of, about life after death. Organized in an easy-to-use Q&A format, Hollister tackles a wide spectrum of concepts with candor and wit, busting myths, and shedding light on a taboo topic. Beginning with, is there really an a- afterlife? And continuing with, does romantic love exist in the afterlife? Hollister addresses the concerns of the living with, the, no, with no nonsense wisdom of the spirits. Everything you want to know about the afterlife is the living's guidebook to the afterlife. With Hollister Rand acting as liaison, readers will find solace and peace in the knowledge that our loved ones truly never leave us. For more information, you can visit her website, which is HollisterRand.com, and that's H-O-L-L-I-S-T-E-R-R-A-N-D.com. And with that, I'd like to welcome Hollister to the show. Good day, Hollister. Good day, and thank you so much for having me here. I love the name of your show, um, because that's really what the spirits do, is inspire us, inspire us here on Earth. So that's just the perfect title of a show. Thank you very much. You know, I, I went back and looked, and the last time that we spoke, I think we've only spoken twice before. The last time was um, six over six years ago, January of 2012. So it was a very long time indeed. And I think I was calling the show the Mystical Cruise Show at that time. Um, yes, I was of, going to say, wait a minute. I'm thinking, well, right now, <laughs> none of us can do a cruise. So I'm really glad we're now being inspired rather than going on a cruise. But that was probably when my first book came out. Um, yes. Uh, yes. Okay. So that's that's why we were talking then. Well, we we can't we have to stop meeting like this, Robert. Um, I know. I we have know. to meet no. more no, frequently, think, not wait, you know. Every decade when a new book comes out. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, definitely much more frequent time. Well, I, I, I really enjoyed um, chatting with you, and I think we even first met, it was, it was on Bella Spree, I think. She had um, a group of people that she was involved. No, it was uh, Sandy, include uh, the astrologer Sandy. Um, boy, uh, now her name is, escapes me. It's been too long. Um, Are you having uh, a senior moment? Or, I think know, I am on say air. That to you? <laughs> I am on air doing it, having that. Well, anyway, enough about the past, but now we're talking about the present and the future. So, yes, uh, yeah. So that's um, for the listeners who don't really know who you are. Would you mind sharing a little bit about your your journey as a medium, like when when you discovered that particular gift, and um, when you were kind of guided to make this a uh, 
a path for you. Well, you make it sound so lovely um, that it's a gift to start off with. It didn't seem to be a gift for me in the beginning. It was much more of a curse. Um, I didn't really understand what was happening to me. I didn't under, and it felt like it was happening to me, like there were invasive spirits. There were some I recognized and loved when I was young, um, like my grandfather, but then there were other spirits. I did not know who they were. And, uh, and it was quite terrifying. Um, and I did my best to sort of shut that part of myself off, which I did relatively successfully, and sort of channeled all of my sensitivity and my uh, natural empathy into performance, music. And I found that that was a great outlet and a way to communicate with people um, and a way to express myself um, without, you know, having to deal with all of the entities around. Uh, and then I was in a very severe car crash right before going to college um, and attended college in three braces and an eye patch. And I also had a very serious head injury in the midst of all of this, which now looking back, I understand really sort of catapulted me into not understanding what was sort of the everyday physical world and what was the world of the spirits. All of a sudden there was a huge collision, literally physically with my body mm -hmm. and also my worlds collided. And it was not long after that that I began to develop my connections to the spirits, but within the charismatic Christian church. And I'm very hmm. grateful for that because I was able to set the frequency at divine love, which I later revisited um, when I moved into spirit communication full time. And at one point I realized, okay, not only is this a talent which you can develop, but it can also be used to help people and to be in service. And that's when I dedicated myself to um, to working with the spirits and bringing messages from loved ones. And I think that was toward the end of 1994 when I made that dedication. Wow. Wow. That's, um, that's, that's something. And, you know, and I think that, you know, a lot of people um, are, you know, from that um, Christian upbringing, you know, it, it's a, um, it, it's a it's a tough thing to be able to you know hear the, the spirits at the time and then you know try and kind of live a um, a normal life. So I can understand you know turning it off for, for a bit. So now, when um, like currently you know in the day to day life of Hollister Rand, um, is there a, do you do you get intrusions you know from spirit or or how how does that work for you? you know, the, the coexistence of those two? Well, fortunately, I'm no longer accosted or visited at night or, you know, any of those things. I'm pretty much a clap-on, clap-off medium. So okay. Um, okay. when I'm on, you know, I've alerted the spirits. I've placed myself through meditation in that space. And when I'm off, you know, I am not seeing spirits around me. I'm functioning very much here on the earth plane. That does not mean, mm -hmm. however, that I'm not guided 
and that I don't have a sense of guidance and there aren't synchronicities in my life that indicate that I am connected to the spirits, even though it isn't, uh, the volume isn't turned up loudly, there is always that sense of connection. Um, So one of the things I do as a teacher of mediumship is I help people to turn the volume up with their spirit communication, but also turn it down uh, when appropriate. Okay. So, I mean, it's an interesting, um, to me, it seems like it's an interesting balance in in the sense that, you know, we, you know, know, we're here to live this physical existence, you know, um, and, you know, basically have the spirit world be in the world of guidance, you know, kind of have that be the role that they guide, we do, you know, um, kind of situation. Well, I think it's very cooperative. Um, They guide, they participate, they celebrate. Um, We are in a huge network. Um, Sprint came up with this great phrase, the family network, which I love. Mm -hmm. They don't use it in uh, in their advertising anymore, but that pretty much sums up how it is with the spirits. This family network, which we are also in, is all about our transformation. So it's not just guidance. It's about helping us become our greatest and best selves. You see, our presence on earth gives the spirits a place at the banquet table of life here on earth. Our presence um, allows them entree into really moving all of humanity forward. Um, And sometimes in the most difficult times, that's when the greatest transformation um, is possible and available. Yeah, um, I I agree. Uh, Definitely these times do offer a lot of opportunity, you know, for, you know, change in in awareness. Um, Now, do you ever um, receive messages that – you're uncomfortable in communicating? In the beginning, um, when I was first really developing my ability and moving out, you know, more into public with it, um, I started making my agreements with the spirits, like how this work was going to move forward. And I knew that I didn't have the personal wisdom and understanding to know what someone was ready to hear and what someone was not ready to hear. I didn't want to have to make that decision. Um, Mm -hmm. So the deal I made with the spirits is I will give it as I get it. So therefore, if you want someone to know something, give it to me. If they are not ready, make that decision. Don't give it to me. So the messages that I receive from spirit are give it as you get it. Um, I don't add and I don't subtract uh, because I know I don't have the personal wisdom. I don't know everybody's personal story, obviously, who come to see me. So I don't know where they are in their personal development, what they can handle, what they cannot. And sometimes things pop out of my mouth. And after I say them, I think, (laughs) did I just really say that? But the person who has come to see me is perfectly, you know, open and and receptive Mm -hmm. and acknowledges uh, whatever has come forward as truth. You know, so... I've just had to really learn how to get out of the way of the spirits and let them run the show. So 
would you say then because you have that uh, give it as you get it um, agreement, then um, whatever comes through, you you would feel no discomfort because you really don't have you have that agreement and, and whatever it is it is. There's really no um, uh, you, like you see, you kind of have to step out of the way, and and um, so there's no chance of you being uncomfortable in delivering a message. Right. Bottom line is when you are working at the frequency of divine love, so when you're keeping your frequency very high with the spirits, the negativity level of the messages goes way down. So the higher frequency you are connected with, the negativity doesn't show up in it. Um, I will have people come to my workshops Um, who were very sensitive when they were children, shut it down because they knew when someone was going to die. And they didn't want that responsibility. Well, when I work with people at the frequency of divine love, we move beyond, um, you know, lower, lower level frequencies, fear around death being one of those. Um, And when you work at the higher level frequencies of love and joy and peace, when you bring that into the equation, the fear around death dissipates. And we realize that we are not responsible for stepping into the gap between someone and his or her own death. That's not our job. Our job is to step in between uh, the grief of people here on the earth plane Um, experiencing that grief and people in the afterlife who want to share that they are still alive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, since we we kind of had this question for later in the show, but I think it fits in right now. And um, because regarding death um, and, you know, in the fear of death and that kind of thing, um, this morning I saw a report of a woman, she was crying in that her mom was in an assisted living facility and, and mom had, had passed and she and the family weren't there, you know, by their side, by her side. And now in, in chapter three of your, your book, um, it's called the dying experience. Um, there's one question, number 17, and it says that if I, if I don't get to say goodbye before I die, is it too late to do so after? Um, anyway, the, the idea is, you know, we've got thousands of people right now um, unable to be with their loved ones at the point of their passing. Um, can you talk maybe a little bit about, you know, that, you know, that death experience and, and kind of how that um, – how some of those listeners who may be experiencing that might want to um, consider? Well, there are a couple of ways to look at this. And first of all, I understand the pain of this situation. Even being a medium um, does not exempt me from feelings of grief when someone passes. Uh, at the beginning of the understanding of this pandemic, um, my dear childhood friend, Barb, passed in a nursing home. She had underlying mm. health conditions and that's why she was there. And my friend Rachel was re- was connecting us via, you know, FaceTime and, you know, that kind of thing. Not only Barb and me, but Barb and other friends of hers, you know, college friends. Barb and Rachel mm. and I had known each other from the fifth grade. Well, Barb died. Um, and mm. in a sense, she died without Rachel present um, because then um, Rachel couldn't get there. And the nursing home was ultimately not allowing people to enter anyway. Well, the first thing I have to let everybody know 
is that nobody dies alone. That is the first most important thing. I know Rachel said to me, you know, I couldn't be there. I, I wish that I could have been there. She died alone. And I said, Rachel, she did not die alone. I know that her parents were there. Um, so Barb's parents had, had passed within a week of each other not that long ago. And hmm. I knew that they were there. Her beloved grandmother, I had no doubt that Barb's spirits were present. Her dogs, whom she loved and who helped her, Barb was blind. Um, and all of her guide dogs who had passed before her were also present to guide her into the afterlife. So just know that nobody dies alone. And I know that first responders are doing their best to comfort people as they are passing, but also know that those in spirit are with them. And then consequently, we can um, also, at a later date, connect with those we love. And as they're passing and as we can't be with them, we can send them love and they will receive it. See, this is the most amazing thing, is as we are passing, um, the person is no longer limited by the body and can connect and hear and feel the love and the thoughts of those who are sending that love to them. So know that even if you can't physically be with someone, when you are thinking of them and sending them love, they receive it. Yeah, um, that, yeah, that's really. Thank you for that. That that's you know really, um, I think, very um, helpful for the people who are, who are going through that. Now, one of the things you mentioned is that um, you know during that process, and you said at a later date, maybe you know connect. So um, tell us a little bit because I mean, is there like a from your understanding and the connection, is there like a, like a processing time in order, so to speak, you know, once someone um, passes on, um, you know, to the point of connecting with, you know, trying to connect in a, you know, in a mediumship kind of way? Well, there used to be the belief or what we thought was true, which was once people passed, they needed time to, regenerate and mm -hmm. get their energy back, you know, get prepared. Maybe they were in a spirit hospital, all of that. Well, what started happening is that spirits started showing up almost immediately. Now, this wasn't at the beginning of my work as a medium. This was much later on. Um, maybe 10, 12 years ago, I started noticing, oh, my goodness, spirits are showing up. You know, they died Friday night and they're showing up on Saturday or they died Saturday morning and they're showing up on Saturday evening. And I thought, wait a minute, you know, has something changed in the spirit world? And I realized as I sat with spirit and asked these questions and received inspiration around the answer, no, the spirit world hasn't changed, but we have. And our understanding and acceptance of uh, spirit communication has raised our frequency and our vibration and our desire to connect with them, sometimes very, very quickly. And what I soon discovered is that it wasn't that the spirits had to get ready to talk with us. We had to get ready to hear from yeah. them. Um, and that often not only grief, but grievance um, was the most difficult energy um, for the spirits to work with. So by grievance, I mean he shouldn't have died the way he did. He died too young. It was somebody else's fault. How could this happen? 
I knew that he was going to kill himself. Why didn't I intervene? So self-condemnation, blame, anger, upset, all of that kind of grievance around someone's passing can actually set up uh, a a kind of an impermeable energy Mm. around Mm -hmm. communication. And it's not that the spirits don't want to communicate. It's just that the frequency of the anger, the despair, the upset, and the blame is so dense, it can be difficult for them. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, that makes sense too. And, and, you know, it wouldn't be a good time to try to communicate with someone when they're angry, you know, that I think just, you know, in our day to day, we can see that that doesn't usually end well for a discussion. Um, Yeah. Well, what's, yeah, that's true. And what what I found interesting is um, when I've done family groups and things like that, sometimes the predominant energy is very supportive and welcoming. And there might be one person in the group who's just verklempt about the whole thing. And I remember I had a, a family group and, you know, all these lovely messages and, you know, that kind of thing were coming through and, you know, this woman finally stood up, put her hand, put her hand on her hip and went, you have some nerve dying, you know, and we all just busted up laughing, you know, uh, because she was just so angry that this person had left. So Mm. angry. Um, And there is a lot of anger around the ways that some people pass, you know, like suicide and, you Mm -hmm. know, things that people may think are preventable or should be preventable or shouldn't have happened. Um, So, but what was interesting was predominantly everybody in that group was, we want to connect with this person. We, you know, so that the positive energy and that higher level frequency can knock out the lower level frequencies. So that's the good news. Well, that is good. That is good. That's encouraging for for those of us who want that uh, that positive energy. Um, so let's talk a little bit about um, your book, um, everything you wanted to know about the afterlife, but were afraid to ask. So, what inspired you to write this particular book? What inspired me um, were the questions asked at gallery style events. So uh, gallery style events are the largest events that a medium does, you know, getting up in front of a large group of people in audience, providing spontaneous messages to people in the audience. And then I always would make time for questions. Um, And one or two people would ask questions. And then those same one or two people would ask more questions. Um, And then afterwards, people would come up either asking for a signed book or and then sort of whisper to me, you know, I I had a question, but I didn't want to ask it in front of the group. And then they would ask me the best questions. And I thought, okay, there's something happening here. We have the same people willing to speak in front of a group. And sometimes people with the best questions that could bring um, kind of solace to the whole group weren't willing to ask those questions in front of the group. So I started asking people to write out their questions and put them in a basket. And then I would pull the questions out of the basket and answer them. And this book was born that way because I found the same questions were asked over and over and over again. So I started compiling the answers to all of those questions and the book was born. 
Yep. Well, that's it's wonderful. It, it's I mean, there are sixty-two questions, and it's very, um, you know. And I think I even said you said in the book. I mean, there are questions there that I didn't even think to ask. <laughs> you know, that it was like, oh, okay. You know, I, yes, and those were question. often the best questions. Those were the questions that people didn't want to ask in public. You know, like, is there romance in the afterlife? You know, no one really wanted to talk about sex openly, especially if I were speaking in a large church audience or something like that. You know, no one necessarily wants to bring that up. Um, but the other way that we uh, put the book together, which I think is important, is it's almost like an internet search. So there are a couple of different ways you can read the book. You can read it cover to cover. And it's broken up into 62 questions. So it's easily digestible. You know, you can start with question one and then take a break and, you know, do whatever it is you have to do and then go to question two. Or you can go to question one and at the end of the question, um, there are directions to go to other questions with similar subjects or things that may build on the answer to that question. So you can read the book beginning to end, little bit by little bit, or you can jump around subject to subject, much as you would with an internet search. Um, so we kind of uh, allow people also go down the rabbit hole of a subject. Oh, well, then there's this, and then, oh, that leads me to this question, and then, oh, this answer, maybe I'll read that answer to this question. So the book is useful in several different ways. Yeah, it is. It is funny because I'm I'm one of those that <laughs> likes rabbit holes. It's like, well, let me go, you know, and then I'll kind of realize, my God, that was like five searches ago that, that I really where I started this particular journey. Um, but it's but it's a, that's a good. I think that's a it's a wonderful way of um, piquing people's interest, you know, and and kind of maybe even uh, spurring that curiosity that people sometimes uh, really, you know, don't exhibit. Well, this book is a response to curiosity. You know, I am one of the most curious people I know, which is probably the reason I'm the medium I am, because I always want to know why and how and why is it like this and how can we be better? You know, I'm always asking the big questions in my life. Um, and so I think that's why I didn't shy away um, from uh, answering questions in open forums and then putting them together in the book. And what I say at the end of the book, you know, I write the end, well, not really, because there are always more questions. There's always more to know. There's always more to understand. And as we are brought to understanding and, and awareness, the spirits can show us so much more. So, um, so I'm excited to continue the journey with people. And whether someone is considering the afterlife for the first time or whether someone has a working knowledge of mediumship or spirit communication, this book has uh, both breadth, you know, it covers a lot of subjects, and also depth uh, with each subject. So there's something for everyone in it. I wrote it that way on purpose. So it wasn't calibrated to one type of reader, but that there was something for everyone in this book. Um, so there are exercises to help you get more connected with loved ones, um, to feel more centered and protected yourself. Um, so yeah, the book is a journey. The book is a, a Q&A journey. I mean, let's face it, that's how we learn. Our, our whole conversation here today, Robert, is Q&A. I mean, that's what we do, <laughs> yeah. right? Where, where, you know, if we're curious and we're interested in learning, 
we just start asking a lot of questions. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we're, we're about halfway through the show, um, Hollister, so I want to take just a quick break. And then when we come back, uh, maybe you can share with us um, uh, a, a, an example or two of where spirit communication um, helps the healing of the people who are seeking that communication. Okay? Absolutely. Great. Okay, everybody, stay tuned. We'll be right back after this brief break. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us and hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,400 shows we have had over the past nine years. Also on the site, is a link to the products and services we provide, books, photography, a wellness store, and self-publishing assistance. Our show is a free podcast on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on many social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms at the top of our home page. Our website, byteradio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Hello, everyone. Thank you for staying with us and again. Oh, I do want to add, by the way, we have added Spotify and Google Play to our, our platforms that the show is available. Um, again, today my very special guest is Hollister Rand. We are talking about her new book, Everything You Wanted to Know About the Afterlife But Were Afraid to Ask. And again, you can find out more by visiting Hollister's website, which is HollisterRand.com, and that's H-O-L-L-I-S-T-E-R-R-A-N-D. Okay, with that, we're back, Hollister. Well, great. Great. Okay, so um, before before the break, we talked about um, examples that you've seen where spirit communication helped in the healing of the person seeking that communication. Well, um, I used to think that this work happened because we wanted it to. Um, that we were basically coming together, calling up the spirit we wanted to talk with. Um, And what began to happen was spirits people didn't expect would show up. And I thought, well, isn't that interesting? And then I realized these spirits were showing up because of a healing that that the entire family experienced. what was interesting is I was doing a, a, an, a large online event, a pre-sale book event. And so everybody who purchased the book could attend this online event for free. And I came mm-hmm. to a lady on the screen and uh, I mentioned a name and she said, yes, uh, I know who that is. I said, well, that lady is here. She said, well, I never knew her. She's my father's sister. I never knew her. She died before I was born. 
And, you know, almost like you could see her mentally crossing her arms like, why would I want to talk with this lady? What does she have to say to me? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I find myself sometimes being a spirit advocate. You know, so I, I said, well, let's, you know, let's <laughs> talk to her, see uh-huh. what she is bringing forward. Turns out she died when she was 18 um, due to pneumonia. <clears throat> and what she was stating to this woman who wasn't even sure she really wanted to talk with her was that she was helping people on this earth plane now dying of pneumonia. Well, with COVID-19, the lungs are very much affected. And I think they call it bilateral pneumonia is one of the issues that face people who contract the disease. Um, So how interesting it will all of a sudden it was like the light went on with this woman um, who realized her family member, whom she didn't even know, was very active, not just in her life, but that the way she died, she was helping other people through this crisis. The next person who showed up was her father. And, of course, this was someone she wanted to speak with. Well, her father Mm -hmm. showed up in a Navy uniform. And that Navy uniform, he talked about being in World War II, And that he was in the Navy, and he grew up believing that he needed to be in service to his country. So both he and his sister grew up with this idea of we need to be of service. And he let us know that he was helping everyone um, that had to do with the Navy. And that was the time when Navy ships um, were struggling with cases on board. And, you know, there was all of this kind of thing going on with Navy personnel. And then this father went on to say, and your children, meaning the woman who was receiving the message, they believe in service and they want to be of service and everything they are doing. So in a sense, they were chipped off the old block. So Mm -hmm. in this moment, in the middle of a pandemic, um, we saw how three generations of people Um, one generation in spirit and two generations here on earth are linked with a family ethic of service. And that whether we know a spirit or not, we are aligned and we are in network with them. And they are continually connected to us. So in that sense, all three generations were together. Um, And so one of the healings that spirit communication brings is this idea of separation, that we do not belong, that we are somehow separate from our ancestors, that there isn't a thread that runs through all of us, and that ancestors that we didn't even know have no bearing on our lives. That couldn't be further from the facts. Wow. Um, So now... Is you know, in each of those cases, it seemed that um, the person of the spirit was um, tooting their own horn. <laughs> in a way. You know, I guess you know, putting forth, you know, um, um, their um, what they're doing. Um, so. Is it a case where, you know, but you said that the, the woman who received the message, she got the, you know, the, the COVID connection and then the, her, her children, the grandfather, 
children, grandchildren connection. So is it is that the um, the message for that that woman that the woman that uh, um, to kind of look at COVID and look at service and maybe even her interactions with her kids in a new light. Well, I do not make assumptions around okay. what her takeaway is. Okay. So I present the information, um, and mm-hmm. what it really seemed to be is this idea of she missed her father, the father she loved, who had guided and protected her all through her life, and now she's faced with this situation with a child who can't go back to college or high school or whatever it is. You know, it looks like life is on hold. And understanding that, no, there's a continuum here. So there isn't a separation. And that even those we felt separated from, like a father from a sister who died, um, you know, years and years and years prior to his own death, that they were also united. So there's a feeling of being united once again, not being separate, not being alone, not having to fend for ourselves. And so that seemed to be the tenor of everything. Okay, okay, that's good. Um, now, uh, one of what one of the important um, questions um, that you address um, in the book is re- regarding suicide. And, and we kind of spoke during the break that this is one that you would really like to um, talk about. So, would you mind sharing because? This is a time. I mean, I've had many a show when, with talking about suicide, and it's one of those areas that people really don't like talking about. And you know, and there's a whole lot of emotion that sometimes gets caught up with that uh, an act of suicide. So, would you mind sharing um, with the listeners um, your view on that? Well, I I'd like to think it's not my view. I'd like to think that it's a view that spirits have presented to me. Um, I I understand suicide uh, from being up and close and personal with it. My beautiful cousin Tommy killed himself in a very public way on Thanksgiving Eve when he was 19. Um, And that was a very, very painful thing for my entire family. Um, And, And when I started communicating with spirits, I I was trying to set up my agreements with them, as we had discussed earlier. Mm -hmm. And one of the Mm -hmm. agreements I tried to set up with them was this. You can uh, bring anyone to me who needs help and healing. I'm willing to do that. But just don't bring parents who have lost children, especially those who have passed with suicide. Well, the spirits, the spirits didn't agree with that because I, I, you know, I, I thought emotionally, I, I just can't deal with this. Well, the right, spirits right. didn't agree with that agreement. They were not willing to sign on the dotted line. And so what started okay. happening was more and more suicides were showing up. And I thought, what on hmm. earth is going on here? Well, flash forward, I was doing a workshop in the Bahamas. And, um, and two mediums, you know, I was one of the mediums teaching workshops and every medium who was working there also had evening events where they would bring through messages from loved ones in spirit. And I would always attend the events of other mediums to support them with my energy, you know, to act like a battery for them. So I was sitting in the back of the room 
you know, um, allowing these two mediums, a husband and wife team, to do their thing. And before I know it, uh, there's a description of my cousin coming forward. I'm thinking, well, you know, there has to be somebody (laughs) else in this group. It can't possibly be me. Well, it turns out that, yes, indeed, my cousin Tommy came and presented himself, talked about how he had died, and also made it clear that he was the one who was bringing the people who had passed with suicide. Not only so that healing could be brought to the people who came to me, but that I would be willing to move into the place of healing so that I could bring other people there. You see, as mediums, we cannot bring people to the place of healing that we ourselves are unwilling to go. Mm-hmm. So I acquiesced, and, um, and I've come to understand how much those who have passed with suicide desire to make connection because their dying often seems like an abrupt end to a conversation. You know, mm-hmm. it's basically a talk-to-the-hand kind of a, you know, final statement. And that is not the case. So what I find with people who have passed with suicide is they understand how painful their death um, is to people left behind, something that they may not have been able to conceive prior to passing, Um, that their own pain has sort of eclipsed uh, their ability to see beyond that pain in any way. Well, fortunately, in the afterlife, with the lifting of that pain, it no longer clouds um, the spirit's ability to see how their lives have affected others. And hence, communication begins. Hmm. So, well, that's, you know, that's interesting um, in the sense that, you know, because there is a lot, of, you know, whenever there is a suicide, there is always, you know, the... Um, the anger at the the person. I mean, it, it's just one of those things where there's always a line, and, and then everybody who will recall their last conversation or their last contact with the individual, and could I, should I, would I type of situations. And um, so now, from the work that you've done with the people who have committed suicide, is there a? Uh, I mean, you talk about the cloud is lifted, you know from from pain does um does that um does that kind of keep them um how would say focused i guess maybe focused on you know trying to to clear things up you know to, to try and and you know help others understand what was going on Yes, I really do think that that's the case, that there is the desire to communicate and to understand that, yes, they have died, but they are alive and they are not suffering in hell and they are not separate from their loved ones. And the great miracle and blessing of suicide, if there if there could possibly be mm-hmm. Something that is of higher level and value and higher level frequency that moves out of a suicide is that I have seen how people can love someone unconditionally despite their choice to die. So Mm -hmm. we talk about unconditional love. Well, the closest we may come here on this planet is loving someone no matter whether they have chosen to die by their own hand. 
because that seems like a rejection of maybe even the life we have given them as a parent or yeah. uh, the life we have contracted to live with them as a sibling or a wife, perhaps, with a husband who has passed in this way. It seems like a betrayal of our trust and any agreement that we may have had with that person. And loving the person, and I've come across this time and time again with uh, a lady came to my office and uh, I opened up the door and she told me her son had died. Now, that is not the way I like to start a session. (laughs) You know, I really like the spirits, you know, no, but I like the spirits to tell me, like, first of all, who they are. And why okay. they're there. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't need it yeah, on a telegraph, like, like on a big neon sign. Right, so, uh-huh. you know, and, and then she went on to say that her priest had said that she and her son would be separated forever. Hmm. That she would never okay. see her son again. So that caused me to ask, well, why are you here? She said, well, I, I hmm. want to hear what you have to say. And in that moment, I realized that this woman could not conceive that she could love her son more than God did. And so she yeah. was willing to explore connecting with her son as she believed God would not separate the two of them. So this was not someone who left behind their faith. You know, this was someone who chose yeah. to believe that God was bigger than the rules. That yeah. God was God was love rather than the rules of man. So I I thought, wow, okay. So that was that was a big wake up call for me and caused me to take a look at suicide in a different way. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's um, um it's just it's just a really tough um situation, you know. And but you know, it, you know like you say, you know, there is a I mean. A, not going to say bright side. There's always a, a different perspective, and, and there's always the the view that what tends to happen. I know whenever I've been had someone in my circle who has committed suicide, I know the 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 tendency for other people is to number one just remember you know the gift of life. You know the fact that you know. Um, I'm still alive. Don't take anything for granted. You know, live in the present. Um, there's just so many things you can take away from that experience. Um, and uh, yeah, and, well, and it's good to be able reasons, to integrate. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the reasons why the spirits uh, come uh, and communicate, I do believe, is to correct misunderstandings to uh, correct what we may assume about their death. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've spoken with spirits who on the surface have died in horrific ways, you know, being blown up at a, at a table in a, um, you know, a piazza type place um, or being burned to death due to a, uh, a, an accident with fireworks or, you know, falling out of a building, you know, from uh, stories up and all of these things that cause us to think about how horrible those last few minutes are. And mm-hmm. we live the trauma here on this earth plane by thinking about how awful it was for the people that we love. 
Well, spirits will often come with a revision to our greatest nightmares and, hmm. and talk about how I was out of my body before I passed. Um, when a dear, dear friend of mine fell off a balcony in France. I mean, I had this horrible idea that, oh, my God, did he see the ground rushing up in front of him? Did he know he was going to die? You know, I was telling myself all sorts of things. And when he uh, came and visited, and I have, you know, some of my friends are some of the best mediums in the world. Um, but when he came to visit, he made it very clear he was out of his body and watched. He, he said, I was on the balcony watching my body fall. Kind of like, well, look at that. So there's an amazing amount of grace and freedom and separation from the greatest pain. Um, and what we tell ourselves about someone's dying. Um, so, for instance, a father who was dying of congestive heart failure couldn't catch his breath. The body, he was unconscious, but the body was writhing and gasping, and his daughter was sure that he was having a horrible passing experience. What he said was the body was doing what the body does. But my spirit had already decided that body isn't going to get me where I need to go. It's time to get out of Dodge. So, uh, so the father was standing next to his daughter. So he was in spirit standing next to his daughter watching himself die. So yeah. there is tremendous grace, especially during traumatic deaths. Uh, spirits have told me that upon impact, they're thrown out of their bodies, you know, in car accidents. So mm -hmm. know that those we love are not suffering in the way we may be imagining them to be. Well, that's good to know, <laughs> you know, because, uh, um, you know, I've known a few, you know, traumatic um, and, and dramatic ends to some folks' lives. And, and yeah, I guess, you know, my imagination, I'm sure, got, a, you know, ran away with with uh, trying to imagine exactly what uh, what was going on. But, um, but it's good to know that that kind of, you know, thing can happen. Now, one of the one of the area I want to talk about, kind of down to ten minutes, but there's one area that I also want to talk about, and that's the area of, um, you know, our um, spirits are there to help us, you know, or guide us, and maybe to, you know, and what there there's a story in the book about, um, and I think it was in the area we're talking about, um, you know, uh, in spirit thought is reality whereas you know down here is thought then to, to reality kind of like i'm um, basically creating and there was a story about um a woman um th that the message came through from i'm pretty sure it was a son about um a, a memorial garden and the, and the woman um hadn't really made done the garden but she had been thought had thought about it so that kind of prompted in my my wondering pondering um how, how is I mean, kind of like how intrusive can spirits be or, you know, should they be? Oh, the or, good or news is, the good news is okay. spirits, yeah, at the frequency of love, loved ones are not intrusive. Um, so they're not reading our thoughts 24-7. Who would want to read anybody's thoughts 24-7? <laughs> I just no, want to bring up that know. point. Please. Yeah, you know, I, pretty boring. <laughs> yeah. No, I remember when I was also working in a corporation at the time, I was also a medium and on the radio. Um, so I was kind of holding down two jobs. And there was a woman who confessed to me that when she walked past my desk, she would go, 
one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three. Because she was terrified that I would be reading her thoughts, you know. And I said to uh-huh. her later, I said, that's ridiculous, you know, because she would hear me on the radio, you know, talking with people's right. spirits. And then she'd see me in the morning at my desk going, what, you know, what's happening here? And I said, I don't want, no, I don't read minds, number one. And secondly, I don't want to read your mind. So the spirits are pretty much in the same boat. The reason why a son would even know about the, uh, the bench is the bench, the memorial garden, is because the thought had his hashtag on it. So if you think of spirit communication or our thoughts <laughs> as like mm-hmm. a Twitter feed, okay, a Twitter feed, there are hashtags <laughs> okay. after every thought. You know, right. um, like, uh, okay. say, say your son is Jamie and you're thinking, okay, Memorial Bench, Jamie, here is the, here are the, and it's got hashtag Jamie. He, he looks, oh, okay, Twitter feed. Oh, <laughs> that's for me. Hashtag Jamie. You know, she's thinking about, she pulls out a piece of jewelry and puts it on and thinks, oh, mom, I love this locket. I remember you're wearing it, um, you know, the day I got confirmed and then you gave it to me. Boom, hashtag mom, lock it. Mom gets the message. So it isn't that the spirits are invading our thoughts and our space. It's very, very much um, mutual respect. And so when we are thinking about them in particular, that's a communication. It's much like if we were living in a big house and you had a son in his room with his earphones on and you're yelling, Jamie, Jamie, no answer. Your voice gets louder. Jamie, Jamie. Finally, he hears it over, you know, the the headphones and comes to the door and says, yeah, ma, what is it? That's kind of how it is. Um, When we are thinking of the spirits, it draws their energy into a more solid form so that we can feel them more. Uh, Things can happen on the earth plane more. Um, they can affect things on the earth plane, but it is absolutely not intrusive. That's important to know. Yeah, great. That, 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 and it's good to know. So people can relax. Because I think there's, um, like that woman who walked by your desk, you know, I mean, there's a lot of um, apprehension, you know, around the idea of, you know, communicating with spirits and, and even, um, you know, kind of, being able to tap in and into um, helping someone, you know, looking into their life kind of thing. Um, so, gosh, we're down to the end. So is there any, what would you say to the people listening? If you have any, want to get a message out there right now to the people who are listening, what, what would that message be? It's very simple that those we love in spirit love us back. And they are constantly reaching out to us. You do not have to worry about missing a communication from the spirits. They can be annoyingly persistent. And know that nothing happens here on the earth plane without a spirit connected to it in some way. So we are not alone. We survive death. We will be with our loved ones again. And until that time, they continue to help us here on the earth plane. Well, that that is great. Now, um, I understand from your website that people can um, find out what's up and coming, uh, events that you have up and coming? Yes, absolutely. I've got lots of events online. Everything is online right now um, because we really want to keep everybody 
safe. And, and the spirits love technology, by the way. So the fact that we're doing this online really floats their boat. And it's very exciting to me to connect this way and to see how spirits can use technology um, to touch everybody and to keep us uh, connected. Because the spirits know how to physically distance. They don't have physical bodies. Mm -hmm. They know Mm -hmm. how to love us despite the fact that they don't have physical bodies. And now they're teaching us how to do the same by being connected via technology. So, yeah, go to HollisterRand.com, H-O-L-L-I-S-T-E-R-R-A-N-D.com, and you can go to the events page. I also have private sessions that I do um, over the phone and Zoom. Uh, So there are lots of ways to be connected with the spirits during these times. Absolutely. And, and by the way, you, I love your website. It's such a, a clean and easy to navigate. I, you know, one of the things that um, I kind of pick up on, you know, how easy it is to um, move around a website and yours is very good. So kudos well, to your you. webmaster. We wanted it to be a lot like the book, easily mm-hmm. navigated, you know, very important. Yeah. It is, it is. Well, thank you, Hollister. And again, I hope we'll be talked again before eight years, but it doesn't matter when. I really appreciate you spending your time talking to us. All right. Well, there's no time in the afterlife, so we can let go of time <laughs> going by here. There you go. Okay, I'll let go of that. And, you know, each, each moment is, is great when it happens. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you. You're welcome. Again, everyone, today my special guest has been Hollister Rand. We've been talking about her new book, um, Everything You Wanted to Know About the Afterlife But Were Afraid to Ask. And again, as she mentioned, you can find out more about that and her events and so much more by visiting her website, which is HollisterRand.com. So, everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again, Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. To follow our show, visit our homepage at ByteRadio.me and select the platform you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Bite Radio Me. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.